Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, where I help passionate entrepreneurs condense an hour of business research into 22 minutes of powerful conversations filled with knowledge, stories, and advice to help you achieve your one-year goal in 90 days. From national stages to your earbuds, I'm here to tell you that it's possible to have a profitable and sustainable business without the fear of overwhelm and uncertainty that comes with being an entrepreneur. It's all mojo and none of the fluff. It's time to get motivated in 22 minutes. All right, welcome back to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. And this is our brand performance podcast. And today our performance guest, it's going to be Connor Paulson, right? Who is Connor Paulson? Connor Paulson is the co-founder and the president of Uptown Creation. He's a storyteller. And if anybody knows Connor, they know that he's a true storyteller. He does business development. He always says that he's a lifelong learner and he's the host of the Social Seller Podcast. So Connor, welcome to this episode and um, I'm excited to dig in with you today. Thank you so much, Marlo. Yes, happy Wednesday. So excited to, to hop in and um, thanks again for, for letting me join. Absolutely. Okay, so take us through a moment, a bit of your backstory. I mean, just so we can kind of better understand what the journey has looked like for you and where you're at today in service. Absolutely, yes. So it started in the Midwest, right where you and me met in, in Iowa City. I grew up on a small farm town, ten minutes east of West, or ten minutes east of Iowa City, a town called West Branch, right? A town of five thousand people. I grew up in a family of farmers. My grandpa was a farmer. My uncle was a farmer. My dad's a farmer, and I'm the oldest son. So you can kind of get the hint at the uh, the direction my upbringing was kind of led towards, right? And I played a lot of sports growing up, so baseball and football, and then farming, right? Before HFSA. Now that I, I moved uh, to the West a couple of years ago, my friends out here don't necessarily believe the whole farming thing, um, but you can show cattle and swine in a, in a, with a judge around. So finished high school and decided to go to business school and kind of went into the University of Iowa, not knowing what to major in. A buddy had introduced me and kind of brought me into the entrepreneurial program. And coming from a small town, I had never came in contact with people that just thought like this. And you know, looking back, it was an energy thing and it was about building each other up. And I knew I was hooked. Now I didn't know how to sell entrepreneur. I didn't know how to start a business. The university had a lot of resources from mentors, funding, um, business competitions, and I mean, classes to, to learn kind of the skill sets that you need to, to have, you know, to start a business. So that's really where it started. We had our first company called Gentleman Care. Um, that started on Kickstarter, which was a premium men's leather bag company. So think your messenger bag or your duffel bag for your weekend getaway. And they were all custom, one of a kind manufactured um, in the Midwest. So that was cool. And then sophomore year, we started Uptown Creation. And that's the current business we have today. And that is a digital marketing agency that focuses on B2B lead generation and business development. So really the magic there is not taking shortcuts, um, not using automation. I would say just utilizing the Midwest values that that um, I know a lot of us have instilled and it's just do good business. And when you don't take shortcuts and you over deliver seven years later, um, it's enabled us to work with some, some really cool influential people. Excellent. Okay. So what was it? So you're in San Diego now, right? So you've gone from the Midwest, you've taken yourself out to California. Was there a reason that you chose San Diego besides like the warm and sunny weather or was there a purpose um, with the business to do that? Great question, Marlo. And it's funny that you you asked because today is a rainy day in San Diego and it does not happen good. that often. It's been sunny for a few weeks. Yeah, seriously, it is good, right? I grew up in the Midwest. I know cold weather. 
Yeah, that's a great question. So after business school, we, we were working on uptown creation, right? After business school, I moved to Southeast Asia and lived in Asia for a year. A big part of that was continue growing the company online. And this kind of allowed us to have the opportunity to test out the digital nomad lifestyle, right? The company grew not quite as fast as you probably knew it could. And so that was part of the reason we came back to the States. Now, at this point, I was 24 and I knew I didn't necessarily want to spend the next few years in the Midwest. I loved it, but I kind of had this adventuring mindset. At the time, Austin, Texas was the number one city for young professionals, I think three years in a row. So obviously, all right, maybe I need to be here. And I went, experienced it for the first time, saw some friends that I went to college with. Almost all of them worked in the corporate arena, which is just a direction I haven't taken up to this point. Um, I don't know if I ever will, but for me, it, it reminded me a lot of the place that I grew up and just being in a, again, growing up in West Branch near Iowa City, obviously it's on a whole other scale. And I don't want to compare the two cities, but that's what it felt like to me. And San Diego on the flight home, it was really thinking like, where do I want to go? And, you know, San Diego was like, I probably couldn't afford that. And then I started looking into it. And I also realized that San Diego is one of the global headquarters for digital marketers. And I didn't know this. So what's nice is they throw a lot of events here. A lot of the influential professionals that I look up to in sales and marketing and communication happen to live out here. And so growing up in the Midwest, again, you don't necessarily get every opportunity to come around some of these caliber of people. And so a mentor taught me after uh, graduating college that there's this thing called laws of proximity, right? And if you want to connect with them, you know, if you're closer in proximity, that likelihood goes way up. We can take it another step further. And why I know you and me do some speaking opportunities is that I just learned a few months ago, laws of proximity at the highest level is getting on those main stages that you can connect with those other big speakers in the green room. I guess that's the magic spot. I have not gotten here. Marlo, maybe you can speak on that. Is that pretty pretty accurate? It's 100% accurate. I mean, I think that's the space where those relationships are formed and you're coming together with like-minded people. Now, people that are listening to this, this is a global podcast rated one of the top 10 globally. And so as people are listening to this, I mean, what Connor's referring to is what we call Iowa nice, right? We're Midwest people. And so when you think of like Chicago and Minneapolis, we're in the hub of that space. And when you take that Iowa nice, this is a question for you, Connor, like how have you adjusted to to the environment in San Diego, not saying that they're not nice, but you understand like there's a whole different culture coming from as an entrepreneur in this space and being supported in the way that you were to grow and succeed. What does that feel like for you now? Great question. And I haven't actually been asked that question yet. So thank you, Marla. Great question. The transition was interesting. The thing with San Diego that I didn't know First off, geographically, right, it's tucked in the farthest southwest corner of the country. I moved out here, packed the vehicle, and didn't even know that, right? I was confused because we we're so close to the border. I mean, you can see Tijuana on a clear day, right? Now, if you look at Southern California, right, maybe from LA down, the farther south you get, a lot of times you start to see the cities and the people get a little bit more laid back. So without knowing this, moving here, it was kind of nice because the transition, I think if you were to move from the Midwest to anywhere in Southern California, that it's an easier transition. People are more laid back. Now, when it comes to communication, I think the Iowa Knights are just coming from the Midwest provides a ton of value. And I think as I'm in sales and I value networking and, and meeting people and just treating them really well, they have a respect for the Midwest too. And that was something I didn't know, right? I didn't want to come in and speak on behalf of that. So that was interesting. I would say it really leans towards a charisma 
and an authenticity in person. Now, because I've been out here in San Diego for two and a half years, it gets to the point in the last six months, I can be around an individual or maybe hear them talk. It doesn't have to be directly to me. And I can pick up with a lot of accuracy if they're from the Midwest. There's little tendencies um, or if they have any ties. So I would say the transition has gone really well. There was, you know, it's nice to be in San Diego where I don't necessarily have to live in LA. You're going to hear a lot of people that live in San Diego. They might take the trip up, but it always feels great to come back to San Diego. Yeah. Okay. So now in the space that you are with Uptown Creation, and like you said, you don't do, you know, it's a digital space, but you don't use bots, right? You actually leverage um, people as your greatest asset and making those connections and making that rich, deep connection for your clients. So talk to us about that, that posture of, you know, when you're column sales agents are working with others, you know, what is that posture that you position with that really gets a concrete yes in business? Great question. And what's so interesting about this question is that I don't think the majority of professionals in the world realize that we're going and we're entering a brand new era in sales, right? And LinkedIn terms this buyer first selling. I would term it, you know, virtual selling or value-based selling, right? And it's the fact that COVID has accelerated this process. Now, 80% of all B2B leads in the world are coming from LinkedIn, right? Staggering fact. Now, the the challenge is is that more than 9 out of 10 professionals that are trying to to make any kind of money or or generate quality leads from LinkedIn, for 9 out of those 10 are trying to use shortcuts. Now, what is a shortcut? It is a bot, a Chrome extension, any form of automation, spray and pray marketing templates, the challenge is, is that three years ago, you could get decent results, right? I'm not going to lie. No one was doing it. But nowadays, because everyone is, there's this distaste for professionals. And I'm sure you know, you're a busy professional too. There's days that I might get 50 to 60 messages that are, I would consider our spam, right? Do you get, would you agree? Oh, 100%. And, and you know there's spam. Like, I mean, if you, yeah, just the character builder, right? You know, like I've always said, I've been in the people business. Immediately you can sense like, yeah, that's not cool. (laughs) And then you just get no response. And then, yeah, I get it. Yeah, right. And, And so that applies to, I think, any professional, whether you are just finishing college and maybe you're one or two years into whatever career or industry you're looking to to get into, or we're talking maybe at the highest level, some of the most influential C-suite executives, you know, hard to get in contact with people. Regardless, the magic is you can't use shortcuts anymore. And as a digital marketer that's in our team, that's always really leveraged platforms and undervalued attention and underpriced attention. That's what we've been doing for seven years. That's what allowed our companies to grow. But that platform isn't always going to stay the same, right? So from Amazon was originally how the company started. Then it went to Instagram. But we learned in, within the Instagram days, don't take shortcuts, you get better results. There were downsides to Instagram, right? The trackability. We're marketers. We want to make sure we can track every metric we perform because then we can see how well it's actually performing without an emotional bias. And that's why over the last three years, it's been fully focused on LinkedIn. So again, the takeaway here is all social media platforms, especially any well-known one, LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, Insta, you know, Regardless, these algorithms are so much smarter than most of us think, right? It's powered by AI. That's a lot smarter than any team of humans or a room full of a thousand of the smartest humans, right? So it knows when you're using shortcuts. It knows when you're using automation. 
it might not give you a strike right off the bat, but it sees that. And what's happening is your content's not performing as well. And long story short, when you're reaching out to people and authentically, if someone was to reach out to you, Marna, you know, with this spam message, that is not only a reflection on the professional, a reflection on their brand, but it doesn't start a very authentic relationship. And I know in the space that uh, the human space in, in how we want to serve our clients is it's a long-term relationship. And I don't think any long-term relationship, whether you're looking to find your, your new boyfriend or girlfriend in life, or you know maybe wife or husband, I don't think any of those first interactions ever start with shortcuts, right? And obviously, I'm kind of blowing that one out of proportion on purpose, but we see this happen every day, right? This has been my life the last three years. We're able to achieve incredible results because we don't take the shortcut. So what does that actually mean? It means providing value up front, right? It's not pushing the sale or pushing that introductory call because that's what everyone else is doing. If you really want a good hint, just don't do what everyone else is doing. For us, we go the extra mile, right? In the sense that if we're reaching out to an executive for some of our clients, they might get 200 messages like this a day, right? So we have to go above and beyond to make sure it's not personalized or to make sure it's overly personalized, right? And then when we start that conversation, there's no copy and paste, right? It's very personalized. And then it's timed throughout four to seven days before we would ever ask for anything. A lot of the times we're going to provide value. We're going to go and before we even connect. This is a really high level value. Um, and it's called the dollar eighty strategy on LinkedIn. Before you even make a connection with the ideal prospect, it's going and engaging with their activity, right? If you're on your phone or on, on a LinkedIn, you can go to view all activity, you can click post, right? And see everything that they've commented on or posted. Now, the next trick, and, and again, this is just being authentic, is go and engage with how they're commenting on influential people's posts and make sure it's real and it's authentic. And when you do that, then you send a connection request. And this is just you know a small piece of it, but I want to make sure I'm providing some realistic takeaways for how to leverage the platform, right? Yeah. Because you have all these tools, but I feel like too many professionals just don't know how to leverage and use Sales Navigator to turn that into a customer. So that's what we're able to help our clients do. Yeah. And I think what you've described, Connor, more than anything is your differentiator. You know, right there, because you take a pure, authentic approach and put people first, right there, that stands out in the marketplace. So that is touted as your number one differentiator. Yeah, there are other marketing firms. We have to market, right? It's a product that has to exist, but it's it's your positioning. And I think that's that's bold and I love it. And I think you're getting great results because you are approaching it that way. So I'm curious too, was it a specific designed like thought process and saying, this is really going to set us apart or tell us how you arrived at that. And just really understanding that it's more the person versus the automation. Great question. Yes. So we're going to rewind to the Instagram days, right? And I say the Instagram days because when we got onto Instagram, it was when Instagram was really starting to take off and our focus wasn't on helping people necessarily grow and get engagement, but it was how do we help at the time, business coaches, business consultants, and paid speakers turn their Instagram followers into recurring customers or that you know big paid speaking opportunity. Um, so that was a vastly different take. Now, to do that, quickly realize you can't use automation. Now, there were multiple problems. Link, or Instagram and the algorithm got too smart. And if you used automation, it, it created problems, right? Your account health went down. Secondly, you couldn't track anything, right? I mean, it was you had to organize things in, in different ways. And then thirdly, a lot of professionals don't use Instagram 
like creatives do, right? Creatives, if you're a film director, by all means, you should be on Instagram and your content should be highlighted. But I think LinkedIn opened up a huge opportunity and a huge door in the sense that you're able to filter, right? And that's where the, the beauty is the sales navigator. What I would, yeah, the, the biggest takeaway was the challenge and knowing that we could provide a ton of value. The other aspect, now that you ask it, there's multiple things that are coming That's good. Yeah, no, mind. this, yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. We kept having incredible influential coaches and consultants, just like yourself. They would come to us and we consulted on a handful of opportunities, right? So it might be the Instagram, but a lot of our clients came to us for questions about building a sales funnel, how to send an email drip campaign. And they started coming to us and asking, hey, I can bring in leads but I can't get them to, to pay my actual price or my, my retail rates, right? I'm giving out discounted prices. Or it would be, I just can't get people into my pipeline, right? I can't bring new customers in. Or the third one is, you know, I can't afford to keep giving out these discounted rates, right? It's just not sustainable or I'm overworking or it's just not the right client. And so the sad part is, is we've probably heard this 10, 10 or more times from current clients at the time. And we, the light bulb moment still didn't go off. Right. But it was the other challenges and then kind of that aha of, okay, our clients really love us. And their biggest pain point is not only leads, but having a sales process. And I think that's the other differentiator is not hiring a company that just provides the leads, but that provides the system to make sure, you know, someone come in and just set this up in a repeatable way. Right. And then goes the extra mile to think, well, what if you don't have a ton of sales experience or what if you've never handled a warm or hot client, then we provide sales coaching too. So really making sure you're, you're providing value. And, and I would say the biggest takeaway is listening, right? Don't hear, we listen. Mm. Yeah. And I always like to say systems equals performance. And because you are offering a system, a systematic approach for them to have, you know, have a consistent vibe is offering a high level of performance. It's the output, which is happening. So, you know, great mix of everything. All right. So I want to kind of switch gears for a minute. The Social Selling Podcast. <laughs> you launched it recently, Connor. Tell us a little bit of you know why you've done that and what is what can people expect if they listen to it? So I'm going to plug you. I, I think it's doing that cross-platform. I think it's a great podcast. So give us some insight. I appreciate it, Marlo. Yes, so the Social Seller Podcast with Connor Paulson started about six weeks ago. And as marketers, we've always known that content and long-form content provides a lot of value. At Uptown Creation, we've been fortunate to put out a lot of value-based content. And what is value-based content? We like to think of it as the two E's, right? You can either educate, and a lot of those are like how-to, and that provides a ton of value, or the other E is entertain, right? Telling stories. You know, facts tell, stories sell. Um, I love to tell stories, right? Now, the Social Story Podcast came around not only to create the content, our clients were asking a lot of these questions and wanted to better understand the feel and, and who Uptown Creation is and not necessarily just focused around the business or the service that we're able to help clients with. So for me, I think it came back to also the, the Midwest values and being a social seller to me is, it goes way beyond sales, right? And I think that's why people really enjoy it is it's about being a high quality human and putting the client first, profit second. And I know that's maybe easy to say, but it's a whole nother level for sales professionals to actually do it. So we bring on the highest quality, influential, business-minded individuals. And it takes a, a vast track. Like I, I, it's never going to be defined. This is the people we accept. These are the people we don't. Anyone that's very interesting that, that is open to, be open to being vulnerable. And what I can tell you is that 
it is no filter, right? So with any guest, part of coming on is that, you know, we're going to get into some adverse moments and, and there's a good chance we're going to talk about your lowest low in a way you probably haven't brought up. And they have the freedom, you know, at the end of the recording, we can take anything out. But every guest up to this point has been unfiltered. And I think that authenticity and having a little bit of structure, but not fully structured, allows people to just kind of see how certain people think. And that's why I love it, right? So my job is to bring in these people and make sure, just like you were doing, Marlo, we're guiding the conversation. We're asking questions that can provide value to our audience. Okay, but what allows you to go so deep? Because I've listened to a few of your episodes and you do get vulnerable. And I think that's a gift. Give us like, I mean, how are you angling that where you do have your, you know, the person on the other end, your guest feeling comfortable enough to share it? Great question. I have to thank my mom and dad to some (laughs) degree because I'm not good at a ton of things. I'm good at a few things. And I just, I've always had a curiosity for people. And I've also worked in, most of my career, any job I've had, there's always been a very heavy communication aspect to it. And then in college, I started getting very interested in psychology and communication and and kind of learning these things on my own. And a mentor in college taught me, Connor, if you want to get the best responses and you want to learn the most from people. and, And he actually told me in the context of like, when you're talking to a professional or someone that almost intimidates you, he just said, ask better questions, right? So what does that mean? Never ask yes, no questions, right? They're always open-ended. What's happening before and what people don't see on video, and that's really a big component of this, is focusing on video within the podcast. And I know that's a, that's a challenge for some to, to incorporate. It's the rapport we're building beforehand, right? Now, it's not a ton. Usually, it's five to 10 minutes. Some guests I have a pre-existing relationship with, some I don't. And I think building that trust off the bat And then in communication or in that conversation, we're almost setting them up, right? And and you do an excellent job of this. And then the other aspect, and in my mind, and this is something I learned in NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, is chunking up and chunking down, right? So when I hear something in the conversation that might be subtly skimmed over, right? You hear these two, it's like, oh, we're going to come back. We need to unpack that. But when we do, in my mind, almost always is, communicators, we're going to explain the external variables, right? I was in this adverse moment. I was in college and I was broke. My roommates weren't paying the rent and that's awesome. But I think the next level of communicator is knowing how to ask the right question and get internal variables at the same time, right? What was going through your mind? How did you feel? Do you remember that emotion when you found out your dad, your father passed away three years ago? I mean, you were 19 years old, right? Okay. And they're going to explain. Now we're going to chunk down more. Wow. Right. What did your family, who was the, who were the two people closest to at that time? How did they help you? Right. And you go down and I think just asking questions that people aren't used to getting and you do an exceptional job. You've already asked me a few. Well, and I think too, Connor, that's the thing. (laughs) It's yeah, it, it comes around to the question. And this is the thing that I have found. A lot of people, when they're in that thought leader space or, or maybe, you know, on the other side of the fence, they're always talking but they're, you know, and always spewing out from their vantage point, but nobody's ever really sitting them down and asking them questions. And I think right there's a catalyst because you're getting into a space that oftentimes they don't find themselves in. Like it's because you offer these genuine conversations and you genuinely are digging deep because you, you care. And I don't think that happens often enough. I don't think that people really take the time to ask others some core questions. And it becomes a very transactional versus a relational 
exchange. And I, like you, um, as you know, touting people on my product, right? I mean, they always have been. That's it's they people are our greatest asset. But when you understand and you bring that value forward, then you connect so differently. So what are you hearing right there as I'm kind of describing that one, Connor? I love how you, you your definition. It is it's so spot on. And I love that you say caring because I think that is one way to look at it. And I think the other way, if I was defining myself, is just genuinely having a curiosity for humans, right? And when you have that transition in your mind and sales, which it takes some time and it takes some work, right? You never look at it like a bad day for the most part. You, you look at it like, you, what is the opportunity? What is this conversation going to uncover? We've all had that random call that we've gotten from someone and it, it was good news, right? Or is that client that you worked on six months ago and now they want to sign and, and it's 10x the size of the client you thought they were going to be, right? right? Those happen. Um, and I would also say that it comes back to living congruently, right? And I haven't always done that. And the more I do it, I know it's how we lead our sales team and how we lead our, our team um, and our leadership team at Uptown Creation, making sure we're always leading by example. I, I, I don't know. I think and I hope people see the personal brand and content and see that I'm going out of my way to try my absolute hardest to lead by example and live that congruent life. Then when you're in conversation, a different version of me comes out because I'm confident and I'm more excited for that individual and what the unknown is going to uncover, right? Like Dr. Joe Dispenzo talks about the unknown, waking up each morning before you get out of bed and get yourself excited about the unknowns that are going to happen today. Right. Okay. So we're coming into the close of the episode. So a few things and this, you know, we want to learn more about Connor. Do you have a habit or do, is there like a daily ritual or routine that it takes for Connor to be Connor as you start your day? I love this question. So again, grew up on a farm. I had days where I would wake up probably earlier than anyone else in my grade. And we were down in the barn bottle feeding calves, right? I say this because my dad was very disciplined, very strict. I, I've always kind of w- woken up early. Now today, yes, there are a core few that I have to do every single morning that I know sets me up for the best days. Now, I have to be a little bit more disciplined, I think, than some people because my mind likes to go places. I'm an energized person, but if I have discipline in my environment, then I can do it. So what are these? Waking up at 4.15, right? I know if I'm up at 4.15, rolling out of bed, going straight to the gym, and getting a lift in five lifts a week, you're hitting different major body parts. After you're going to come home, for me, it's oatmeal, right? I used to think it was the, the most boring meal in the world until I started caring about how the food made me feel and the energy and the clarity of my mind. So, oatmeal, berries, peanut butter, and honey. And then cold shower every morning. And I mean, to the point, the coldest the shower goes, right? You're going to be making weird sounds like, oh, and over time, <laughs> you get used to it. Um, and there's a lot of science on it. But that is 10x what caffeine could ever do. And then I would say meditation. Meditation, then going into reading my goals before I start work, right? All of these things happen because I know if I don't do them in the morning, it's not as likely that I'm going to knock them out every single day. And I know that when I don't, then I start to lose track of, it seems like life's not happening quite as effortlessly, right? If I put in that work in the morning and I don't think about it, Everything else seems to work. What would you say, Marlon? What's, oh, what's one, one yeah, of the biggest? Introspective, like meditation, because I think for some, for people like us, we expel a lot of energy. We're always in that giving space that meditation actually feeds it back to me. It, it forces me to slow down enough where I can refuel. 
And for me, that's the most powerful thing. So once I started meditating on the regular, um, you're, you're absolutely right. And it, it feeds that flow zone of getting into that space. So things aren't as hard. You just have a clarity about you. You have this, this peace as you go about your day and your interactions. They're a lot less edgy. That's what I've witnessed. I love that. And how do you like to meditate? Do you sit in a chair? Are you listening to a guided or a timed and how long usually? Yeah. Um, just basic, like listen to music, like spa music. So it's just really quiet, light a candle and just sit quiet for 20 minutes and really just kind of ask some poignant questions. Like, how am I supposed to serve today? You know, just really kind of challenging myself with some things so I can enter into the day already overcoming the obstacle. I love it. I love I it. And you're experiencing those emotions, right? You're, 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 yes. you're feeling those emotions of how you're going to give. And yeah. the beauty is our mind and brain, our, our mind and body can't tell the difference when we're in a present state, right? So you can feel the success and magically start bringing it into your life a little quicker. Right. And, you know, and I, I don't see competition, right? I am my own competition. So when you wake up knowing that you're going to beat the challenger, and I think that's really what I'm describing. Once I can overcome me and get out of the way of myself, then everything is easy. And I think once we start to adopt that and have that awareness, that really can change the game. So rich conversation, Connor, we could keep going. This is so awesome. Um, so as we close, where can we learn more about Connor Paulson, Uptown Creation? Give us some some direction. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And, you know, I am here to provide as much value as possible. So um, number one, I would recommend going to YouTube and following Uptown Creation B2B Marketing, right? B, then the number two, and then the letter B. And we're putting free value-based content out. We're putting four to six videos each week. And what's really cool is over the last month, we're seeing some crazy growth. And I, that just tells me that our hard work in putting this content out there is finally getting the attention. And so our consistency is only going to continue. Um, and along with that, the Social Seller Podcast is on the YouTube channel, right? And the full interviews each week, every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and then 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that drops on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Um, so the other option would be adding me on Instagram too. You know, anyone that wants to personally reach out, that is at Connor, C-O-N-O-R, so one N, and then Paulson, P-A-U-L-S-E-N. And I'd love to help. And um, lastly, anything on the B2B marketing side, you can go to uptownpreaching.com. Such a good conversation. Connor, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Marlo. All right. So if you found this episode enlightening, jump over to our Perform and Get Paid Facebook community where we will engage and connect. You can also find information about Connor on our website at marlohiggins.com where you can connect to Connor, add him to your resources and um, your circle of influence. So thanks again for joining us today and um, look forward to our next call. Bye-bye. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach passionate entrepreneurs like you to achieve complete confidence and clarity to reach your one-year goal in 90 days. Learn how you can get more done in less time with my number one proven formula for consistency and clarity. Simply go to go.marlohiggins.com to download. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo.